0: Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Licks to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 9 Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. Or if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will fall with a very severe plague upon your livestock that are in the field, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing of all that belongs to the people of Israel shall die. And the Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land the next day the Lord did this thing. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one of the livestock of the people of Israel died. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, not one of the livestock of Israel was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hearted, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln, and let Moses throw them in the air the sight of Pharaoh. It shall become the fine dust over all the land of Egypt and become boils breaking out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air, and it became boils breaking out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boils came upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And he did not listen to them as the lord has spoken to moses then the lord said to moses rise up early in the morning and present yourself before pharaoh and say to him thus says the lord the god of the hebrews let my people go that they may serve me for this time i will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth for by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose I have raised you up, to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people, and will not let them go. Behold, about this time tomorrow I will cause very heavy hail to fall such as never has been in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now, therefore, send, get your livestock and all that you have in the field and safe shelter, for every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into the houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man and beast and every plant in the field in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to earth, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. There was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very heavy hail, such as had never been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, were the people of Israel where was there no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron, and said to them, This time I have sinned. The Lord is the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. The flax and the barley were struck down, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late in coming up. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, and stretched out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. When Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servant. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord has spoken through Moses. Exodus Chapter 10 Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart from the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your grandson how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, Tomorrow I will bring locusts into your country and they shall cover the face of the land so that no one can see the land and you shall eat what is left to you after the hail and they shall eat every tree of yours that grows in the field and they shall fill your houses in the houses of your servants and all the Egyptians as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day they came on the earth to this day. Then he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet understand that Egypt is ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. Which ones are to go? Moses said, We will go with our young and our old. We will go with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds for we must hold a feast to the Lord. But he said to them, The Lord be with you, if ever I let you and your little ones go. Look, you have some evil purpose in mind. No, go, the men among you, and serve the Lord, for that is what you are asking. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand of the land of Egypt for the locusts, so that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every plant in the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land. All that day and all that night, when it was morning, the east wind had brought the locusts. The locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled on the whole country of Egypt. Such a dense swarm of locusts has never been before nor will ever be again they covered the face of the whole land, so that the land was darkened and they ate all the plants in the land and all the fruit of the tree that the hail had left not a green thing remained neither tree nor plant of the field through all the land of egypt then pharaoh hastily called moses and aaron and said i have sinned against the lord your god and against you now Therefore, forgive my sin, please, only this once, and plead with the Lord your God only to remove this death from me. So he went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind, which lifted the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the country of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone arise misplaced for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, sir, the Lord, your little ones also may go with you. Only let your flocks and your herds remain behind. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock must also go with us, not a hoof shall be left behind. For we must take of them to serve the Lord our God. And we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take care never to see my face again, for on the day you see my face you shall die. Moses said, As you say, I will not see your face again.
1: The following is the English translation of Pastor Mengen Wu's teaching on the Book of Exodus, chapter nine to ten, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to read Exodus chapter nine and ten, and here it's talking about from the fifth plague to the ninth plague, and in each plague you will find that the next plague becomes more and more severe than the previous one. Also, starting from the seventh plague, the seventh to the ninth plague. Here in the book, it says the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and the heart of the Pharaoh's servants is hardened. Here in the Hebrew, it's actually written in perfect tense. So what does it mean to have it written in perfect tense? That means God is no longer giving his mercy. He's no longer giving chance. God allows the hardened heart of each person to determine the disaster one must endure for judgment. So, you know, from the first plague to the sixth plate, God kept giving opportunities to return, just like in chapter 9, in the fifth plague and the sixth plague, you'll see that God, for the disaster come, God will remind them that tomorrow there will be this plague. So God is still giving Pharaoh the opportunity. God's giving Egyptians the opportunity to return. So later on in the 7th, 8th, and ninth plague, someone starts to be afraid. So they start to respond to God's revelation, to God's warning. They start to have this alertness. And God is also starting to make distinctions between people. So their families today, as we are reading chapter 9 and 10, this is actually really related to our everyday life. God is also warning us right now. God is also giving us opportunity right now to return. But one day, eventually, the door of grace will close. And so remember, starting from the seventh plague, it's written in perfect tense. That means the door of grace has closed. And people must endure the judgment according to their choice. And in chapter 10, you will see that the way that Satan used is the same way as what Pharaoh did. It's kind of bargaining. It's trying to compromise your faith. And this is also one of the greatest uh, temptation that Christians are facing nowadays. So now let's read chapter 9 and 10. May God help us that in this end time, we can truly live a life that is pleasing to God. And we can have this ability to to overcome the temptation. Even when we are facing the natural disasters, wars, famine, the chaos in the economy and in politics, and even the improper contents in the education system, we as a Christians, we can have this wisdom and to take this chance to share the gospel with others. So now let's read chapter 9 from verse 1 to verse 4. It's telling us that the fifth plague is about to start. And the fifth plague is a severe plague upon the livestock. So starting from the fourth plague, God is making a distinction. Here, the fourth, fifth, and the sixth plague, these three plagues, there are distinctions between God's people and Egyptians. Here, the Israelites, they are not affected by the plagues, but for the people who does not belong to God, the plagues will fall on them, and it becomes more and more severe than the previous time. So here, in this second stage of the plagues, the fourth, fifth, and sixth, you will start to see this distinction. So which place do you want to say? Okay. So verse five. And the Lord set a time saying tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So here again, this is God's mercy and it's his warning. So today we frequently will hear some prophets or apostles. They will release a warning before a disaster. Oh, maybe this place is going to have a natural disaster. This place will, is going to have a war. This place is going to have a famine. So, of course, we shall not despise the prophecies, but we shall also test everything. So whenever we heard these uh, news, the first thing that we should do is not try to judge, oh, maybe this is the true prophet, this is the false prophet. But instead, the way that we should respond is to pray to the Lord, God, can I repent for the sin of this land against you? God, can I plead for this land just like Abraham? If there are still righteous one in those places, is it right for you as a God of justice to do such thing? We can move the hand of God through prayer. Lord, may you have mercy on this land. When there are so many natural disasters here and there, it's not for us to be afraid, but instead we sons, daughter of God, we should prepare so that we can touch God's will in his timing. We can see God's mercy and we can pray for this land in God's mercy. So today, no matter what kind of news that you saw, maybe it's a news of disaster, news of war, or news of huge layoff, we can pray. So today, the first prayer that we can do today is that, Lord, thank you. Thank you for keep reminding us. Thank you for your mercy on us. That Just like here, it says, the Lord set the timing saying, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. We can have more preparation for that. We can have more prayer for these warnings. So indeed, later on, In verse 6 and verse 7, it indeed happened. In verse 7, and Pharaoh sent, and behold, not one of the livestock of Israel was dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. So you know, this kind of stuff, no one can explain this. How is it possible that when there's a huge plague in the livestock, only the livestock of Egyptians caught the plague, and the livestock of God's people didn't caught the plague? No one can explain that. It's not because they have a nice quarantine but instead it's God he's making this distinction through these plagues and next in the sixth plague there are boils on the bodies and you know God has already told Moses that the heart of Pharaoh is hardened but starting from the fifth plague God gave Pharaoh over to his hardened heart so the sixth plague is God's judgment and then starting from the seventh plague God has completely let go and gave Pharaoh to his own counsel so here we can see the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth play. they are all using the perfect tense. God is letting, allowing his heart to be hardened. And the meaning of their hearts becomes hardened. Actually, it's the same by saying their hearts becomes heavy. So today, we can all pray to the Lord. Lord, am I a people with a hardened heart? Am I ready to face the chaos of this generation? Or do I actually feel that this is not my own business, I can still just mind, live my own life, oh, as long as I have enough salary, as long as my housing is good, as long as my kids, they went to the good school, and I don't care about the politics, I don't care about the education, I don't care about the issues of the nation, I just want to wait until one day that I can go to heaven because I'm a Christian. No, because God's calling for us to be his priests, it's not about this. And here in the entire book of Exodus is talking about how God saved Israelites from slavery into priesthood so that they can live with God in unity and then they can together with God to reign over this land. So today we have to see things from a futuristic perspective. When we see these things, see these stories of 10 plagues, we shouldn't have the same mindset as the Israelites. Oh, yeah, there are so many disasters, but instead we should Look at these 10 plagues with the mindset of a priest, of a royal priesthood. Does that mean? That means when we see the disaster, we come to the Lord and say, Lord, what are the prayer that I can make right now? What are the reminder that I can give to other people? Lord, yes, I can help guide other peoples to bring them in front of you so that we can all live life that is faithfully waiting for you. God's purpose is never just to bring judgment, but God wants people's heart to turn back to him. He wants to save Israelites from slavery, but he also wants the Egyptians to know that he is the Lord. So don't just feel that whenever these disasters come, God is just trying to save the Israelites and have the Egyptians to have all the suffering. But no, instead... Each time when God cast down a plague, of course, God is leading the Israelites to step into their destiny. God is making this distinction for the Israelites. God protect the Israelites. But for Egyptians, whenever God make his reminder, even though he allowed the heart of the Pharaoh and some servants' heart to be hardened, but there are still many people of the Egyptians. God is hoping that these people also have this chance to hear these voice, so that they can return back to the Lord. And this is exactly the thing that we should do in this current life. The frequent disasters is not to scare the Christians off. It's also not for us to have this selfish mindset feeling yeah oh yeah, praise the Lord, I'm being protected. We as Christians, we won't have these things come to us. No, but instead, we have to arise and pray because there are so many people who doesn't know the gospel. Maybe it's your parents, your children, your neighbor, your family, your friends. We can pray for their salvation. Lord, may you help them so that their heart is no longer hardened, so that their heart is not heavy. May you help them so that their heart can open to you. And next in verse 13, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. So in verse 14 and 15, God again is making another warning. For this time I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hands and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. So you can see in verse 16, But for this purpose I have raised you up to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. So why did God raise on Pharaoh? So why does God allow Pharaoh to experience all these things? Why does God bring the 10 plagues onto Egypt? He is not scary, and he is also not someone enjoying the suffering of others. Instead, God raised up Pharaoh to show his power so that his name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And this is exactly the thing that we as a priest should do. The name of God has to be proclaimed. The name of God has to be lifted up. This is how we should respond. So as we are approaching the end time, we as a Christians, we are not just also being scared with all the other person. We are also not supposed to just shut our door and just minding our own business and don't care about others. We as a Christian, what we should do now is that we should know God's will and proclaim his name in all the earth. So indeed, God caused a very heavy hell to fall. And here God did a really special thing that God told them beforehand that Every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hell falls on them. So in verse 20, some of the servants feared God's words, but some did not pay attention, and then God caused hell to fall. And then next in verse 25 and 26, the hell struck down everything that was in the field in all the land of Egypt, both men and beast. And the hell struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hell. And then next in verse 31 and 32, the flax and the barley were struck down. Why? For the barley was in the ear and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late in coming up. So here you can see, even when the hell coming down, there are many distinctions going on. There are distinctions in terms of people, in terms of location. And even plants there are distinctions. A hell coming down from the heaven, there's no hell in the land of Goshen and all the hell is on the Egyptians. And even for the crops there are distinction. It does not fall on the plants late in coming up and the ones was in the air or in the buds will be hit. So you see all these distinctions is completely in God's hand. And if we see these things today, it's truly a miracle. But how should we respond to this? We will see that in the end time, God will also make this work of distinction. So we as a Christian, we really need to thank God. Among all the disasters, of course, we can ask God for mercy and grace and protection. And here we can also ask God to consecrate us, to set us apart. So here when we are reading the Exodus, these 10 plagues, in the end time, it will happen again. When the time when the great Babylonia is being raised up for Jesus' second coming, You know, through the book of Revelation, you will know that either it's the seven seals, the seven trumpets, or the seven bowls. All these disasters in the end time is actually more scary compared to Exodus. In the book of Exodus, the templates in Egypt, they are at least regional. However, for the disaster in the book of Revelation, it's actually global. Then at that time, we can learn to pray that, Lord, may you help us, may you consecrate us, that even the thing that we eat, there will be distinction. There will be separate. This is what God will do. But next, when you read verse 34, but when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. So God let Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. So today we really need to repent. Lord, may you not, my heart be hardened. You know, nowadays many Christians hard. They are actually hardened. God is actually waiting for us. God is allowing our heart to be hardened. We don't care about the war. We don't care about the famine. We don't care about the earthquake. We don't care about any accidents. We don't care about the revival. We don't care about the prayer meeting. We don't care about the fasting that the church is having. We don't care about the prayer for nations and every single prayer we. Pray is for my own job, for my kids, for my health. You know, now there's many Christians, they basically look the same as the Egyptians because Egyptians, they also care about their thing. Pharaoh also care about their thing. When the economy is being hit, when the crops are being hit, Pharaoh is also getting nervous. He's also asking God to remove all those disasters. But after the disasters is being calmed down, he starts to live back his own life again. And this is the definition of having their heart being hardened. So today, we as a pastors or leader, we really need to keep proclaim, keep have this courage to call God's people to repent, to ask them to return so that we will not just stay in a humanistic comfort. We will not just stay in a humanistic caring, but instead we can learn to bring people back to the heart that is putting God at the center, that can respond to the Lord and have a tender heart so that we can pray, For all the disasters that are coming to the land, we can pray more because Jesus is really coming back soon. And next, in chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, God starts to do another thing. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants. So here God is determined to let their heart to be hardened, so that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your grandson, How I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So here, God is doing a new thing. God is asking Moses and Aaron to tell Pharaoh that you have to tell your children. You have to let the Egyptians know. We have to let our son and grandson to know what signs he has done, that they may know that he is the Lord. So here, God is giving the Egyptians a chance to believe the Lord so that they can obtain the salvation. God Himself is sharing the Gospel. God, through Moses and Aaron, specifically tell Pharaoh to tell his servant, and even say that you have to tell your sons and grandsons to know that all these plagues are done by the hand of the Lord. It's really so special. God Himself, He is spreading this fruit of Gospel. He is sharing this fruit of salvation. He is sharing this way, this strategy to escape from the plagues. He is telling the Egyptians and also telling their son and their grandson, he is doing this work of teaching to let them know that all these plagues are coming from the Lord. So here again you see that God doesn't hate us, but God's purpose is to save us. And next in verse three, so Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? So today, God is also asking us the same question. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? And we can also ask ourselves Ask ourselves that, How long will I refuse to humble myself before God? How long will I refuse to be awakened before God? How long will I allow myself to be slumbering? Today, we can really pray for these things, that Lord, may you help me to awaken my spirit May you help my spirit to humble myself before you. May you help me to have a tender heart so that I can see your move in the current situation. May you help me to be awakened so that I can read your words every day. I can go to church every day. I can help serving every day. You know, if the heart of the Christians are not being awakened, you really wouldn't know how important it is for us to humble ourselves in front of the Lord so that we can see God's move in this end time. Here, God is asking the Egyptians to tell their children that all these plagues is God's move. But we as a Christian today, is it right for us to only tell our children how to study, how to work? Is it right for us to tell our children that the only thing that you need to care about is to study? The only thing you need to care about is to find a nice job. Is it right for us to say that? Shouldn't we be teaching our children to fear God? Shouldn't we be asking our children to seek the Lord? Shouldn't we be asking our children to rejoice in the Lord and to strive to enter into his kingdom? Isn't this the things that we as a parent, as a leader, should be saying? So next, in the eighth plague, the plague of locusts is about to start. Egypt was established under agriculture, remember? So their crops are their main source of income. So today, when locusts is coming, Pharaoh is afraid about that. So next, when you see in verse 8 and 9, Pharaoh, for the first time, that he started this negotiation process with Moses and Aaron before the plagues, because this place is really touching the core of the economy of Egypt. You know, when the locusts come, it's not just some people die or some livestock die, you know? Pharaoh doesn't care about those things because we have all these slaves from Israelites. It's more important. As long as we have all these slaves, I don't need to care about the livestock because these slaves can work as a substitute of all the livestock. And you know, even though some Egyptians die, it's just like a small portion. As long as we have all these slaves, our nation is going to be fine. But today if all the crops are being eaten by the locusts, then the nation will be in a big trouble. So now Pharaoh he is getting really nervous, so he's trying to negotiate with Moses and Aaron. So he says, "Go serve the Lord your God, but which ones are to go? And so Moses answered, but then Pharaoh replied, The Lord be with you, if ever I let you and your little ones go. So you know here, this is actually a sarcasm. He's saying that, huh, will the Lord really be with you? You know, look, you have some evil before your face. So here, Pharaoh not only ridicules them, but he's trying to scare them. This is what the Pharaoh's doing, that he's not allowing them to go, only let the men go for this is what you are asking." So here, Pharaoh is proposing a compromise, that, okay, only the men go. Your woman and your little ones, they have to stay. So, you know, Pharaoh, he's really clever. You know, the first time he says that, oh, you guys can just worship in Egypt, just stay in this place. And the second night, he's that, like, okay, yeah, you can go, but please don't go too far to just stay close to Egypt. And then the third time he's saying that, oh, only the man can go, stay, but the woman and the little one should say, You know, Satan really knows how to negotiate. So I say that the way of Satan is to negotiate. But here, the persistence of Moses indicates that God will never compromise. God have mercy, but God never compromise with his will. You're going to accept the bargain from Satan. Are you going to compromise? You know, as long as you can have money, big houses, good economy. You know, regarding the faith, uh, as long as I'm still a believer, that's fine. You know, like, just let the men go. Let all the women, the little ones stay. I can work by myself. Right? I can still try to to do my best. As long as our family, we are still Christians, then it's fine. But no, that is not what God's want. God doesn't want us to just have a faith, just have a spiritual support. But instead, God wants us to be priests. So again, you see that Moses did not compromise. He still followed God's will, so indeed, later on the locusts came, and the Pharaoh is afraid. And that's in verse 16, Then Pharaoh hastily called Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, forgive my sin, please, only this once, and pled with the Lord your God only to remove this death from me. So here, Pharaoh is truly repenting because he is really scared, so Moses went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord, and indeed the locusts left. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. Do so you know, we nowadays are also like this. Oh, we are so urgent. Lord, save me, help me, change my finance, save my marriage, heal my disease. Now I have a cancer. You save me. If you heal me, I will definitely serve you. Lord, help me. My marriage now is at the brim. Bring back my husband. Bring back my wife. I will definitely serve you wholeheartedly. Oh Lord, now I have no money. May you help me. I will definitely give my tithing afterwards. I will definitely serve you. So you know, nowadays we also have this making quid pro quo prayer. You know, God will answer you. God will bless you. But God really cares if we perform our vow. In the entire Old Testament, later on when we see in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you know, God really loves us. Even if we don't make this quid pro quo prayer, God will still save us. But today, if you make this kind of vow, he will really treat our vow very seriously. So when Pharaoh, he prays like this, after the plagues, his heart gets hardened again when he returned to his own life. That is the meaning of having his heart hardened. So today, having a hardened heart is not a very distant concept. It's not just the Pharaoh's heart is being hardened. Many Christians nowadays, they also live in a life that have their heart hardened. So you also have to be careful. I also need to be careful. When a problem is being solved, well, I just return back to my old life. If that's the case, that means our heart is also hardened. So next, the ninth plague is coming. It's the plague of darkness. So maybe at that time, there's a sandstorm or truly maybe there's a huge darkness, a darkness to be felt, this kind of disaster. And then in verse 24, okay, okay. So go, 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 serve the Lord. Your little ones also may go with you. Only let your flocks and your herds remain behind. So remember previously, the Pharaoh allows the man to go, but the woman and the little ones have to stay. But now in this fourth negotiation, the woman and the little ones, they can all go but the flocks and the herds have to stay. Their families, remember that in the gospel, in the New Testament, it mentions, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If all your flocks and herds are still in Egypt, will you leave Egypt with confidence? Of course not. Whenever you have a difficulties or something, the first thing you remember is all my flocks and herds in Egypt. You know, nowadays we are like this as well. Oh, I want to love the Lord, oh, I'm willing to offer. But I am still afraid to offer up everything because you know, maybe what if, what if I have some challenges or difficulties? You know, at least there is still have this money in my bank. You know, your security is built upon the bank. It's not built upon the Lord. Your schedule of your life is not under God's control. The, your timing of your life, your security is still built on your bank it still depends on your saving account it still depends on your stock so here i'm not trying to ask you to live like a poor wretch and with no saving and stock. i'm not trying to say that you know god has different calling for each person but today we really need to ask ourselves today my sense of security are they built upon the money built upon the material Or does my sense of security comes from God's control and God's plan? You know, even though I will also sometimes get worried about money and things like that, you know, I'm not completely detached from it. At least I will keep praying. Lord, may you help me so that my sense of security is not built upon these material. And today, if I, my sense of security will be shaken by any changes in my bank account or things like that, I will repent to the Lord. Lord, may you give me grace so that I can return to you, don't let my heart be hardened. So here again, Pharaoh's attempt to keep the herds and flocks is a compromise from Satan's. So eventually, in verse 28-29, Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me, take care never to see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you shall die. In verse 29, Moses said, As you say, I will not see your face again. But immediately in the next chapter, God will reveal to Moses that eventually Pharaoh, he will summon you again. So their families, do you see all these fourth negotiation? You know, the first one, you can worship God here. Don't go too far. You can go a little bit far, but don't go for a three day journey. You know, okay, you can go, but keep your woman and the little ones, or you can go but keep your herds and your flocks. So do you see all these negotiations? But today, we Christians, sometimes we really buy this kind of stuff. So today, we really need to ask God to completely remove all the human center, all the humanitarianism, all these faith and compromise. We have to deal with in front of the Lord and we have to fight for those things. Even I have to fight for these things. Sometimes, My kids will say that, oh, Daddy, I have an exam tomorrow. I'm very busy. I have a lot of homework. Can I not go to the meeting? Or sometimes I'll feel like, oh, now I feel really uncomfortable. I feel very tired. And maybe I have an invitation from my coworker. I have an important event. Can I not go to the meeting this week? So here, I'm not trying to ask you to live a life of a Pharisee that you have to attend every single gathering. But today, when you are making all these decisions, you have this opportunity to make a glorifying testimony in front of your kids. Today, every single decision that I make, do I make it from my own needs or am I making based on God's heart and God's kingdom? So here Moses, he turned down every single negotiation. He only cares what God wants. So today, is it possible for us to do the same thing? Lord? May you help me when I'm making any decision. I can let my children, I can let my spouse to see that God, you are truly the best friend of my life. When my family is trying to make this negotiation, maybe it may even cause some tension in our relationship or conflict, but you can really help me to really hold on God's heart. So I know that it's difficult. You know, you might say that, oh, they are my family. This is my marriage. This is my work. I know that sometimes making decisions is really difficult. It's also equally challenging for the Israelites. Did I really go to the wilderness? Oh, it's equally difficult for the Israelites to make those decisions. So today, we is it possible for us to ask God, God, may you guide me so that I can make the right decision in wisdom? So dear families, if you are now living in a conundrum, in the difficulties, maybe you are facing a lot of decisions related to your faith or your life, Even maybe your marriage or in your family, there are many frictions related to faith. You can really ask God to give you this faith, give you a faith that never compromised, give you this heart so that you can stand firm for his name. Let God open a new way for you. Let God did the mighty work for you. Even when it looks like the disaster is coming, there are going to have conflicts, Even though it looks like there will be frictions or misunderstandings, maybe we are facing all these troubles in our life. But today, there's one decision that we can always make. that is to determine to hold on to God tightly. Amen. Mm